recorder. So the recorder is going. Welcome to the 222 Paranormal Podcast with your host, Jen and Joe. Welcome, everybody, to the show. Once again, we are here in the studio. As you can see, we are actually doing a live video. Yeah. We have Miranda and Chris from the historic Scott County Jail down in Huntsville, Tennessee. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the show, ladies. Excited Thank to you. have you thanks here. For us. Yes. Yeah, thanks for having us. So... <laughs> brain fart already <laughs> it happens every time right so tell us um this is really exciting because the jail you guys have just opened correct and correct. is it available for publics to come in already oh yeah absolutely okay. so <clears throat> kind of like a, a, a little bit of a historical background if you will mm -hmm. yeah. um yeah. so miranda and i met obviously as you know a few years ago and um we just really hit it off as best friends. And for a while, we've been talking about starting a, a, a business wrapped around the paranormal, mm -hmm. obviously, because that's what we love. Uh, Miranda's Ghost Biker and then myself as Soul Sisters. And uh, so we really just had this opportunity kind of fall into our laps um, earlier this year. Uh, the, uh, historic, uh, the historic Scott County Jail is in Scott County, which is where Miranda is from. And... Um, so earlier this year, we approached the town, uh, the mayor and the aldermen, and asked if we could open uh, this this uh, group that we called History Highways and Haunts LLC inside of the jail. So what we do is we offer um, general admission tours where you can come in and tour for the day. Uh, we offer flashlight tours, um, paranormal investigations. So really a, a really good mix of history and paranormal. And uh, so, yeah, we opened in September and it's, it's really kind of taken off we're still starting to we're still getting the word out there um but what we've um, found so far is that people really enjoy what we've been doing yeah we've uh, we've been open we're coming up on our 12th week of being open and we've had uh, we just had our 16th paranormal investigation team since we've been open and uh, so we felt like that's you know that's that's pretty good it yeah is good. Uh, averaging sure. uh yeah, averaging at least an investigation a weekend, if not more. And so, um, you know, we're constantly adding new exhibits to, to the jail. We actually just went and picked up a really cool exhibit from the TBI here uh, here today that we're going to be putting in. So, so we're constantly adding things to the Crime and Punishment Museum and uh, adding a lot of interesting things. This past week, we've announced some pretty cool things. Um, we're having a historic, uh, a historic ghost walk and flashlight tour here during the month of December to uh, actually, um, it's, it's really kind of cool because the town is, um, uh, they've got this amazing um, Christmas light decoration there in the town mall. And so, um, so we were going to be able to use that, walk through, share the Christmas lights, the Christmas spirits, um, and, uh, you know, go in and tell some of the history. And then also uh, we did just announce our 2022 paranormal investigation schedule. Wonderful. We've got two, That's exciting. Yeah, we've got two weekends open in December right now. And, um, you know, that, that people can book for 2021. But then um, that will close down and we opened up the uh, first eight months of next year. Those awesome. are already out there for people to book. Let's talk a little bit about the actual physicality of the building. Can you tell us like how many floors, how big is it, how many um, cells are in the the jail? Let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. So, What's it um, made so, of too? <laughs> <laughs> so the jail was built in 1904, and uh, the uh, it's made out of locally mined sandstone, which is uh, five by four by three feet thick. So it's very very thick walls. Mm -hmm. It's uh, three stories. The bottom story is known as the jailer's quarters. So in the earlier years, that's where the families and stuff lived with inside the jail, and then on the second. floor, Floor, that's where the trustees are, as well as the uh, kitchen. And then the third floor was built in 1922 after a fire, oh. and that's the maximum security area. Oh, great. Now, was this jail predominantly male, or was there male and female um, incarcerated in there? 
There were both. Um, so as Miranda said, it was built in 1904. It was in operation until 2008. And it was a county jail, obviously. So the the predominant inmate uh, population was male, but it did hold females. Um, and uh, it, it was designed to hold about 50 inmates. Um, during some of the uh, era where it was overcrowded, it was not uncommon to have up to 150 inmates in there to mm -hmm. one jailer. Um, so there was a lot of overcrowding uh, that took place. And then um, in the 1960s, they did build another facility close by um, because they, they felt that they needed to expand. Mm -hmm. um, so they moved the, the inmates to that new facility for a while, but they kept escaping. So they <laughs> moved them all back into our jail um, and then they stayed there until 2008. Um, so it, it was an operation for over a hundred years. Um, and then it said vacant from 2008 until 2017. In 2017, the county of Scott County gave it to the town of Huntsville and Huntsville applied for a tourism grant. So they got the grant um, and they put in air conditioning units. They put in windows. Um, they repainted, kind of made it a little bit uh, fresh, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then from 2017 until this year, it said vacant again. Uh, and so then we came along and opened it. And, and we really feel that we've given it new life, if yeah, you will. Um, as Miranda so. said, we've, we've got a lot of um, exhibits there for law enforcement appreciation, crime and punishment, predominantly from Scott County, um, but really, you know, crime and punishment nationwide. And we've got a great gift shop. We've got a lot of historical artifacts, a lot of historical stories. So it, we feel we're really proud of what we've done so far. Yeah, yeah I'm proud of you guys, too, the way yeah, that it sure. really turned out. It's and, a and lot it's, of thank you. And it's And it's still going. I mean, it's still growing with the different <laughs> exhibits that you're getting at. And, you know, it's always something different. But how did you – okay, now I know about the history of it, but how did you actually decide – we want to do something in that building. You know, did you know about it? I know Miranda, you said you were from that area. So did yes, you know about it before um, or? Yeah. So, so essentially, so I grew up there and mm -hmm. uh, moved, moved away from that area in 98 when I went off to college. And, um, but you know, that, that jail, I mean, it's, it's, you know, as you said, it, um, it, it has quite a presence to it. I mm -hmm. mean, it's shaped like a castle and um, you know, everybody, you know, knows in that area knows about the historic Scott County jail. And so, um, so I can remember when I was a kid going to the, it's, it's there in the square, it's just down from the library. And I can remember as a kid going to the library and seeing the prisoners kind of hanging out of the bars there and, and really just thinking, wow, this is such an interesting building. I wonder what it looks like inside. Yeah. And so after it ended up shutting down, that's what you would see a lot on Facebook and other places from people, you know, wanting to know what it was like inside, wanting to know, you know, what they were going to do with it and everything. And so, um, so yeah, essentially, I mean, we, like, like Christy had said earlier, you know, when we created history highways and haunts, um, we were really looking, um, as more of a, a travel sort of business mm -hmm. and, uh, the historic Scott Kane jail kind of as more of a stop along okay. that travel. And so as I was talking to one of my friends, because throughout the years that it had sat vacant, I had heard different stories about what people were, were bidding and trying to uh, use it for. And so I really didn't know at that time, uh, I thought that it was in the works and the plans for something. And so when I was talking to um, a, um, a dear friend, he told me, he said, you know, it's still sitting vacant. They're not doing anything with it. So I went to Christy and I was like, you know, what do you think about this? And so we, we really researched it set and really came up with what we felt was a good, solid business plan. And when we reached out to the mayor, I mean, he was, you know, he has been our biggest cheerleader and he has been so encouraging and helpful with everything. And mm -hmm. so when we went to him and we did our initial planning and he said, okay, you know, we want you to come back do your presentation. Um, you know, as we were talking to him and, and he'll tell you this whenever he's doing different speaking events that, you know, he had a, a he knew that this place was destined for something special and something really cool. Uh, he just didn't know what. And so, um, you know, because of because of our plan in making it accessible to the community and also making it accessible to the paranormal community, um, you know, he was on board from the start. And, um, you know, so, so we just really sort of knew, and, and I had actually, I was the first person to investigate this location back in 2014. And so, so I knew there was paranormal activity okay. and then throughout the years, um, 
you know, a couple other investigators had come into it. And then after Christy and I ended up taking it over, we were having folks reaching out to us who had worked there, who were either past jailers, dispatchers, other um, folks who had, were officers within the jail that were talking about, you know, we were experiencing these things while the jail was still in operation. Uh, that's cool. So, so it's really cool to be able to to see this progression and and know that that this jail has has many interesting stories to share, and that we're just working as you know the uh, the mouthpiece to be able to you know put these stories out there. When, I think. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Carson. And one of the interesting things about, you know, kind of how we approach this is, you know, we wanted to have the history be the predominant factor in what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, everything that we do from the marketing to the advertising and such, it's really historic driven. Uh, the paranormal is, is kind of implied in a lot of what we do, but it's not really the forefront facing um, marketing scheme in what we do. Mm -hmm. And that's really to bring the community into this as well. You know, those that might not have an interest in the paranormal, but really do want to embrace that historical element. Mm -hmm. And so I think the, I think what really makes this an interesting partnership is because, you know, Miranda does have that marketing and advertising background. I've got the law enforcement and the, the business background. And, you know, to be able to merge those two mm -hmm. from also a paranormal standpoint where we know what paranormal investigators like and what they need in an investigation, I, I really do think it was a, a just almost a trifecta of, of perfectness, if you will, yeah. uh, for us to be able to take this jail and really do something special with it. Yeah. 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 And, and two, you know, true crime is true crime is hot right now. Oh, you know, yeah. it's one of those sure. things. Everybody loves true crime. And so so we really have something for everyone. I mean, it's amazing when we when we've been able to sit down and really go. I mean, and when you guys come down and check it out, you're actually going to be quite um, not just amazed, but interested in the yeah. history that we have mm -hmm. up because. We do crime right in uh, Scott County. I don't know if that's a compliment or, <laughs> but, but we do crime right. And so, yeah. um, so we have some interesting um, true crime in there. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's interesting when people come in because a lot of the locals and stuff, they'll see that and they'll say, oh, you know, I remember when this happened. Mm -hmm. Or there's a lot of people who are related to the people who worked in the jail. And so, um, so we got something for everyone, whether if they're a true crime, crime lover, if they love the paranormal, or if they're, you know, just someone that, um, you know, is really into history, we, we've got it all there. Yeah. yeah, for sure. When, okay, so what, when did it close again? I'm sorry. It closed, it closed to inmates in 2005. Okay. Um, and then they used it for dispatch and record storage up until 2008. Okay. 2008 is when they officially closed it. Um, and it just really started to sit vacant after that. Okay. So, and Miranda, you went in and investigated in 2014. Um, I did. Was there any different type of activity they went on back then? Be seen that it was close to when it closed that you know of? Uh, well, you know, this would have been probably right within the midpoint because we're, it closed in uh, 05 and mm -hmm. 08, um, you know, and us coming in at 2021. So I really was able to hit it in the midpoint. And I was and it was when I was a mem member of a team and we had gone in there and it was it was very much in a dilapidated state at that point. And so um, we have seen a change in activity. Um, I know one of the places that uh, really comes to mind whenever I think about that investigation was the drunk tank area. Okay. We have uh, two drunk tanks down on the first floor and those were obviously used as uh, drunk tanks, but they were also used as um, um, administrative segregation or solitary. If oh, the really? inmates, yes, if the inmates on the upper level in maximum security, if they couldn't get along with general population, they would be brought down there or, or if it was an inmate that was brought in that was a risk to themselves or someone else, mm -hmm. there were some of them that were put in those. And so um, they are now our, our bathrooms, our public restrooms. But we always encourage people to investigate there because on that particular night in one of the main drunk tanks, um, I had captured some really great disembodied voices as well as some, some just real intense sobbing. And it was a female. And um, yeah, so that's that's one of the things that, that I captured there on that first night. And we've had a lot of different investigators who have experienced things down in the drunk tanks as well. Now, I was watching a, a video from one of the investigators that investigated there. And they mentioned something about that um, drunk tank and a woman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They mentioned that she, she was in distress and 
they didn't find out until they saw was it blood coming from under the door right yes there there was a lady who um from some of the stories you know because a lot of these stories we get from inmates who had been there at the jail um there was a lady who on razor day she had smuggled a razor and so she was um being disruptive up in maximum security. They did end up bringing her down and they didn't know that she was proceeding to cut herself until they did see blood coming out from under the door. She, she did not pass away there, but she was taken to the hospital where she did pass away after that. Did you say razor day? Yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) Well, the females, they would get, you know, depending on how long they were in there and their status, that sort of thing, they would be given, you know, a, uh, a razor to, to shave their legs and yeah, yeah. instead right. of braiding them. Yeah, we weren't <laughs> barbaric. You know? <laughs> oh. so, what? I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. So, you know, is there any particular um, spirits that have come forth? Like, do you feel like maybe there's any um, prisoners or guards um, that are still lingering around in there that you have encountered? We do. Um, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, historical uh, issues that have happened in the jail or around the jail. Um, in in uh, 1925, there was one of the sheriffs, Sheriff Artie Ellis. He was actually shot and killed right outside the front door when he was bringing a, a, an inmate into the jail. Um, there's been several lynchings from the jail where mobs have infiltrated the doors and gotten, uh, went up and, and, and got, got prisoners from the maximum security mm-hmm. level and took them out and hung them and or shot them. Wow. Um, so there's those kind of reports and stories, factual stories that have happened uh, throughout the jail's history. And so we do believe that those spirits are what we're encountering. Okay. Um, there was also some Native American um, uh, influence around the county as well. So that could uh, could be what is really causing the spirits to linger. Um, you know, there's, there's a river right behind the jail. Mm-hmm. The entire jail is made out of sandstone, as Miranda okay. said. So those type of um, elements really hold that energy in. Sure. Uh, we do know that there's a lot of predominantly male spirits that that are hanging around. Um, as Miranda said, she did capture a, a, a woman sobbing, but most of what we encountered had been have been from male spirits. Okay. Um, we captured disembodied voices, we hear footsteps. Um, there was one night where Miranda was closing up after paranormal investigation team had left. So this was about 3.30 in the morning and um, she heard some uh, humming on the stairwell and uh, oh, wow. to access all of the floors, we only have one stairwell, which is in the back of the jail. So she heard this humming and the the spirit cleared its throat and proceeded to hum further. <laughs> oh my and God. so we, yeah, so, so we have a security. Yeah, so we have a security camera in our gift shop, Mm -hmm. and that's where Miranda or I stay when paranormal investigators are there. So on the security camera, you see her come into the gift shop to get her laptop bag to leave. And as she walks by the camera, and this is just after she heard the hum, um, as she walks by the camera, you hear a male's voice say, there she is. and And another voice behind it said, not so loud next time. Oh, wow. And wow. So, yeah, and that's what we're finding. A lot of the spirits in this jail are extremely intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, they're responsive to what we're doing, to what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, they're responding to articles that we read that, you know, that we've hung on the wall that we read. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's unlike any other location that I've investigated as far as in, uh, intelligent uh, hauntings. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll address what you're wearing. Mm-hmm. They'll um, talk about, um, you know, things that are going on around. We had a flashlight tour. Uh, well, we had several in October. And on the very first flashlight tour that we had, we, we always tell the people, you know, if you hear something, if you see something, you know, let us know and, and be aware of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. And so um, we had um, we had gone up onto the third floor in maximum security and we had done a little small session in the uh, women's cell slash trustee cell up there. And so as we had wrapped it up, we um, were getting ready to go downstairs. And so what we would do is we would allow the people to take about 10 to 15 minutes to kind of walk around and look at everything in the lot. And so um, as we were getting ready to walk downstairs, one of the uh, older boys of the family that was there, he walked around the corner and he scared his mom. And they came face to face. She screams. And all of a sudden the obelisk says, surprise, Oh. And so, oh um, you know, it's, it's not uncommon. Um, mm-hmm. One of the paranormal teams, same kind of situation happened. They had a, a picture flung off the wall. And right oh. after that happened, the obelisk said jumped. 
because oh. the guys jumped. So the Obelisk, the SB7, the portal, the different um, tools that have word banks, mm -hmm. they, um, they're very, very good to use there. And they will, like I said, they will address what's going on around you. They want you to know that not only are they intelligent, but they're also aware. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was going to ask you. One of the questions is how, if the spirits recognize the equipment that we use and yeah. that's amazing that they yeah. can actually understand the equipment and know how to use it right. seeing that they never saw stuff like that before right. and right. when you're saying that and they actually can see what you're doing and what you're putting on the walls that uh -huh. blows my mind that because we can never figure out if they can see us or not or if they just hear mm -hmm. us like we hear them you know, mm -hmm. and for that, and that's it's amazing. A, yeah, that's a that's a great observation, Joe. You know, Miranda and I, when um, you know, we first opened, when we first got the keys, we got the keys about a month and a half before we actually opened. So, you know, while we were cleaning up, we would talk to them. Um, mm -hmm. We would do investigations. We'd sit up there a couple hours and just talk to them, show them the equipment that we had, kind of explain to them what we were doing, um, explain to them that we would have people come in and, and try to interact with them. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we not so much of an education education process, if you will, but we have tools that, that they are, I think, getting more familiar with. Um, and it's what's very interesting, and I'll address one of the questions here in the comment, is the the paranormal activity, as Miranda said before, it's it's always been associated with this jail, even when it was in operation. Mm -hmm. So after we opened, I mean, we had sworn law enforcement officials and, you know, dispatch uh, operators come in and say, when I worked here, this happened, or we experienced this, or we saw shadow figures. Um, we had inmates that said, you know, we, we experienced this. There were at least three of them who requested to be transferred to Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary because the, the, the building creeped them out so much. <laughs> Um, so, you know, that's what's very, what's fascinating. And, and, and through this, the, what the, what we're also finding is the paranormal investigation teams that have come in, they've all been great teams and they're all teams that are driven by paranormal research, right? They're, they're mm -hmm. in this for what we consider the, the right reasons. Yeah. And almost every single one has experienced something and that experience has allowed us to get more knowledge about the history of the location. Um, you know, we've been getting names, we've been getting stories, we've been getting dates um, of things that we didn't know about. But then when we go back and research, we're like, oh man, that, that was this. Oh. And so that is, that to us is extremely um, uh, important with what we're doing, but extremely exciting also. Yeah. yeah and, you know, to kind of, to kind of, go on what Christy was saying and, and kind of share an experience that we're really looking into right now. Um, you know, we made an announcement this past week that we've, we're, we've got a new book that we're offering in our gift shop. Mm -hmm. And the book is about one of those big events that took place here at the jail. It was the um, coal, uh, the, uh, um, the coal wars there. And it was also about the uh, lynching of Jerome Boyett and Harvey Winchester. And so um, we actually got an early copy of this book, Christy and I. And so um, we had the author come in, he gave us a book and we hadn't had a chance to look at it or anything. And so we were waiting on a paranormal investigation team to get there. We were kind of thumbing through it, looking at it. And um, Christy made the comment. She said, oh, this is written in the um, written by the or in the character of Anvil Clemens. And so we just kind of shrugged or whatever and we put the book away and was waiting on the team well the team came and then the very next night another team came and so um i was sitting there in the gift shop while the team was there and of course we always tell them we're like anything you get um just really take note of it take note of your surroundings take note of what you're doing and and keep note because we have been getting some interesting things that fall in line with some of the history of the jail and so um as the team was leaving the uh, gentleman that uh, is the team leader, he came to me and told me a few things I got. And he said, um, we did in the front part of the jail get the name or the word anvil. We got it twice. Wow. And uh, I said, that's really interesting because I, I went over and um, I, I told him, I said, I want to take note of that and I'm going to reach out to someone. And so 
um, the very next night, I reached out to the author of the book and I said, the team that was here had gotten the word anvil. And I said, what is the significance of this? And so um, he reached out to me the next day and he said he read it because I messaged him kind of late. He read it and he said he wasn't able to sleep the rest of the night. Oh my and it literally gave him cold chills because he said that um, the guy, Anvil, in the book, it is not, uh, it is the nickname of this individual. It was actually the jailer who was on duty that night that Jerome Boyett was taken out of the jail and that um, he had been beaten so bad that he said three different people had said he was beaten like an anvil. And oh. so anvil became the guy's name. Hmm. So this team had, even if this team had gone and researched everything about the jail, they wouldn't have known that because yeah. the author is actually a relative of um, the folks involved in this, huh? in this, that happened at the jail. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so there was no way to know the book hadn't come out. So it's just really interesting that we were able to uh, capture that. And so we've been taking this information that we get, and it's just fascinating that these teams are getting things that's able to help put the pieces of these stories together. Yeah. And we've, I know we've talked before about how places that have investigators come in all the time, they don't keep like a, I don't know, a if journal, a journal of what happened so you can compare notes because there's so mm -hmm. many different teams and we know that we don't get activity every single time we go in there or in a place, I should say, not there. But And it, I always say keep a journal of what you're doing, mm -hmm. you know, talking to the owners. Of course, some do, some don't. You don't know, but it's just so cool because then, like, you can go back and say, yeah, this was this person and they're mm -hmm. coming up every time a, yeah. every time a team comes through they want to talk to them or something you know mm -hmm. yeah we've been trying to look at that not only we we talk to the teams beforehand we try to find find out certain things because and we're starting to find certain trends mm -hmm. as well you know versus size of team we've had you know uh, solo female investigators we've had teams of small groups we've had very large groups come in um, we've had teams that come in that have law enforcement backgrounds. Um, those seem to really get a lot of activity because of their techniques. Um, you know, and, and then just the, the wide array of, of equipment. So we've really been trying to, and we, we do, we encourage the teams, if you get anything, like I said, don't, don't feel like it's insignificant because a lot of the small, subtle things are things that have been mm -hmm. interesting pieces of puzzles that we've been able to take. Mm -hmm. Now, have you guys when you were doing your cleanup of the jail and getting it ready, did you find anything unique or interesting? Maybe something hidden somewhere? I'm sensing <laughs> this. Nice I'm segue, sensing nice this. segue there, Jen. Um, yeah, you know. It's almost like they wrote down. That's a great segue. So, um, yeah, almost, almost from the start, we were hearing things, like I said, we were finding interesting things. Um, one of the, the, most unexplainable things that started happening was we started having things go missing. Um, uh -huh. So it's Wait. really started. Um, we, it, it, the, the second floor of the jail has the kitchen in it and there's the remnants of a dumbwaiter system that would take the food to all three levels of the jail. Mm -hmm. And so um, the, that section that was there, it has a, a steel lip that goes around it. And um, Miranda is extremely meticulous about cleanliness. So she was <laughs> under there with a shop vac and she was vacuuming around underneath this lip and a razor blade that had been taped there, um, I guess contraband fell. Nobody knew it was there. So here, here comes this razor blade, it fell. I wasn't there at the time. So she called and said, I found this razor blade. Um, this is pretty cool. This is where I found it. And I said, well, just, just keep it up there because I want to see it. Mm -hmm. So there's this table in the kitchen where we had our cleaning supplies. And so that's where she put the razor blade. So when I came in the next day, I went upstairs and I, I hollered down and said, Miranda, it's not here. And so she comes up and she's like, I laid it right here. And I said, well, it's gone. She and I are the only two that had the keys to the building. Wow. Um, so, the, so the razor blade is completely gone. I haven't even seen it yet. Mm -hmm. It is, it's gone. Um, and so a day later we went to Ace Hardware and we got some supplies. One of those supplies was a pair of red handled scissors. So we used them for a day or two and we put them on that table in the kitchen with the cleaning supplies. And we came in one morning and the scissors are gone. 
they're complete. We cannot find, we have not seen them since, oh, you know, oh beginning gosh. of September. Um, and mm -hmm. so they're just, they've just been missing. And so we told that story to the investigators and a paranormal team actually captured an EVP when they asked, um, what are the owners of the jail looking for? They got an EVP that said scissors. Oh, wow. And so, and, and then after that, that Miranda's amazing. paint scraper, yeah, Miranda's paint <laughs> scraper went missing. And that's when she put her foot down. She yeah. said she, you know, she yelled out to the building and said, stop taking our stuff. Give us the paint scraper back. And so she was on the second floor when this happened. And she later found the paint scraper on the third floor. Oh, I hadn't wow. even been up there. That we hadn't day. been up there. That's um, amazing. You know, so it's it's interesting. I mean, anything are sharps. It's, mm -hmm. you know, our sharps end up missing. And, and you know, I've gone on different to different locations and heard different um, people who, you know, either do the paranormal or the location owners say, you know, ah, oh, this stuff ends up missing. And <laughs> I always kind of, you know, you just misplaced it. It's easy to do, mm -hmm. yeah. but I wouldn't have believed it until it started happening to us. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we've even lost, and, and I don't even know how this happened, but we even lost a full oh, yeah. sheet of glass, mm -hmm. um, that really? went on 11 by 14 frame. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh, yeah, cause when we were putting the museum together, um, for consistency purposes, Chris was painting the uh, frames that we had black. Mm -hmm. And so we essentially had this assembly line where she had everything sitting right there in a row. She would give me a frame and a piece of glass and I was framing the items. And we get to this last frame that she had sitting there. Actually, it wasn't even the last. It was like right in the middle of the frames and we can't find it. Huh. I don't know how a sheet of 11 by 14 inch Gone. glass disappears like that, but we can't find it. And and we have so, one frame without glass. It's going to yeah, be so. And it's the Richard Ellis frame. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so interesting where that's discovered. It's almost like a, a little hidden, um, uh, what do you call it? A uh, um, little scavenger hunt. That's yeah. it. That's everything. I have cover brain. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, you know, that's amazing because, you know, that would be the natural instinct for a prisoner yeah. to yeah. see that opportunity that there is something they could use it as a weapon and and just come in and get it and and it's interesting because that team that ended up getting the um scissors edp that was actually our first team that came oh, in wow. so we're finding that these situations they're situ i mean and, and we share that story you mm -hmm. know if anyone watches mm -hmm. where someone's doing live or watches a podcast they'll know but again, this team was the very first team. They were the first people to hear about this. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they could have heard it and made that up. Right. So um, so it's it's really interesting. Like I said, they're they're aware. They mm -hmm. know. You know. Now, did you find any hidden rooms or areas in this um. in this place? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, Chris wants we, to. <laughs> we want to. We want to so badly, but no, unfortunately not. All right. um, there, there are two sections that um, that that the, where they put the because up until 2017 there was no air conditioning and there was no heat. Mm -hmm. um, the, the building was exposed to the elements because all the windows had were the bars. There was no glass. Oh, okay. um, so in 2017, that's when they put the glass in and the air handlers in. So there is a section of the third floor that there's a locked door um, uh, that we really just haven't had time to investigate, uh, but we will be going in there, uh, but that's where all the air handlers are. So we're not letting teams or yeah. the public go in yeah. for safety reasons, um, but we will be investigating that and doing some different things. But, you know, no, as far as um, hidden rooms, no, unfortunately. I'm guaranteeing those red handle scissors <laughs> are in that room behind locked right. doors. I will Let's put a dinner yeah. on that. <laughs> I mean, we're, um, I mean, we're constantly finding things though, as far mm -hmm. as like, um, you know, we found out where the laundry chute is. Mm -hmm. We didn't know. And so, um, and just, just different areas, um, you know, we're finding out the uses for some of these, because mm -hmm. what's interesting about this is the fact that with each administration there in the jail, the rooms did change. Yeah. So, um, you know, just downstairs in our jailer's quarters, when you walk into our main museum room, that um, that was where the jailer and his family lived, but then it was also an area where they stored um, they stored the the evidence. It was also during the last couple administrations, it was a women's cell, okay. and so um, so we're finding that some of these rooms have five and six different uses, and so um, just depending on how you actively investigate those rooms. You know, you may get something that seems off base, but when you learn that, oh, this room was original, or originally not only just the sheriff's office, but it was also medical. It was also the original kitchen. 
once you start finding all of that out, then, um, you know, the, the responses make sense. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we're still, because of its hundred years of existence, we're still finding out different rooms and their uses. So, um, uh, so it's, 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 it's cool every day. It's, uh, you know, something that, um, Never thought I would be doing, but just (laughs) so interesting and just and love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Now, have any of the other businesses or buildings around this come forward to you guys and and say, hey, we're having some activity over here or um, curious about what you guys were doing as you were opening it? We've had a few. Um, the, the way we're situated at the end of this of the town square, um, we're kind of off of the beaten path, if you mm-hmm. will. Um, what is interesting, to, I'll tell you two stories quickly. Is right across the street is the nine one one center. Um, so they're man that that is manned twenty four seven because okay. they take all the nine one one calls from the county. And so um, when we pull up during the morning, we, we routinely see the dispatchers out there. They're taking their break, their smoke yeah. break, or whatever. And so we'll talk to them, you know, about what happened last night and all that other stuff. And so since we've opened, there's been several times where they will come up and say, hey, you're not going to believe what we just what we heard last night. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, a couple weeks ago, Miranda was closing up after a paranormal investigation team had left. And so she locked up and she left. And I guess the the 911 dispatcher, about 30 minutes later, she was out taking a smoke break and heard a scream from the third floor of the jail. Um, she said it was crystal clear. It was a blood curdling scream that came wow. from the third floor. Um, before we even opened, they came and told us that before we even opened, they were seeing lights inside. And this is an, an abandoned building. Mm-hmm. Um, they were seeing lights turn on inside. They were seeing shadow figures. So we've had those reports. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, another interesting story is um, I just moved to the town, right? So um, I've been looking for some property and such to live and, and to do some other things. So it was Miranda, myself, my father, and my realtor. Um, we went and looked at this building that's vacant. Um, it's right across the street from the jail as well, mm-hmm. and probably probably about 30 yards from the jail. And it used to be an oncology center. It's it's a larger office space. And so, you know, my, my dad, we're all walking around. We're talking to the realtor and everything. So we'd walked in and we'd, we'd had, you know, kind of looked through it. And so, we're standing there just talking and we all hear a woman go hello like somebody had walked in the door wanting to know what we're doing so we heard a woman say hello so myself Miranda and the realtor we all walked around the 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 wall and there was nobody there and the realtor she went white did she know what you you yeah she were an investigator okay and you know even my dad he was like uh, well, we all heard that. And yeah. I said, yeah, we did. And so, like I said, oh she, she went white so and cool. she's like, what was that? Um, <laughs> so we do think that there's other spirits around, um, mm-hmm. not just in our jail, uh, but it, it is, it's, it's an extremely interesting little town for sure. Yeah. And, and that area right there would have been just down from the area where Sheriff Ellis was shot mm-hmm. as well, because okay. the person who shot Sheriff Ellis did shoot him and sniper ambush style from the oh. back. Oh, wow. um, and uh, it is one of uns, uh, Scott County's unsolved murders. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it was in that area. So it, it, it would not be uncommon for other places in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most people, they know what we, we do, you know, like yeah. I said, the, uh, you know, we do the, the, the history is what we put out there, but they know we do the investigation mm-hmm. and it's, it's so great to talk to um, these, these wonderful 911 operators because mm-hmm. they always tell us, um, you know, they've told us on several different occasions that they're like, we come in and, and we watch to see what videos you all post <laughs> to see what's going on over there. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. They're, they're a great bunch of ladies. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's breathing new life into the com- community as well as preserving the history. So, you know, I, I'm sure the people in the town are one curious and then like kind of proud <laughs> of it and they're all going to come in. Now, have you had any former prisoners come back and, mm-hmm. and come in and, and, maybe give yeah. you like some of their life life behind bar <laughs> stories <laughs> we we have we've had former inmates we've had former jailers come in okay. um as i said the dispatchers have come in uh and they've all given us stories um we had a gentleman come in whose mother was actually born in the jail oh. um oh, wow. because her, her dad was the sheriff sheriff uh, lloyd okay. um and so she was born born in the jail so he's actually part of our audio tour we have a, a very cool audio tour that oh, you can yeah. take throughout the jail um, there's, there's stops in all the different rooms and you can hear about the rooms and what happened in there. So he actually helped me, help me narrate one of those stops. Um, so it, it's not uncommon at all for that, for people to come in during the day and just say, you know, I stayed 
three nights here or six <laughs> nights here or you know my brother oh, they was talk here. about their family that yeah. was here yeah i was and, in the drunk tank again <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's what i'm finding you know because of this this it is a county jail mm-hmm. everybody has some association with it whether your dad was a jailer or a, or a sheriff or you had a family member who was an inmate for a couple of nights or you yourself stayed a few nights in there um, everybody has a connection to this and so that is what we're truly trying to highlight for the community um, we have found that most of our visitors to date have been from outside of the county uh, we're really trying to bring that county and that community um, influence back in as far as getting them in and, and really touring the jail because I think a lot of them really think that oh I'm just going to walk through a jail but we done so much more than that you know we've got exhibits we've got stories we've got newspaper articles so most people spend about 45 minutes to an hour walking through Mm -hmm. this little three-story jail so you know for us we're really proud of it we're Mm -hmm. we're really hoping to extend that to the community that they can come in and appreciate it yeah i mean and and just to echo off that the the county has an amazing history Mm -hmm. not just with the crime and punishment but everything going back to how the county was started with you know general winfield scott Jesse James, he visited um, the Huntsville. He was not in the jail, but he visited Huntsville and actually ran a business there and hid out there for a little while. Um, the Civil War, there was a lot of guerrilla warfare there during the Civil War. And during that time, um, t- they actually seceded from Tennessee. And mm-hmm. it was supposed to be for just um, about 48 hours they were their own in, they were their own state the free and independent state of scott and wow. they actually didn't end up rectifying that until um was 86 or 88 okay 1986 wow. and That's so cool. um so there's this amazing rebellion history and then you know senator howard baker mm-hmm. um he's from scott county we've had a lot of dignitaries come to scott county everyone from andrew johnson back during the civil war to president reagan um during um uh, Senator Baker's time. Mm-hmm. And so, so there's just this, and, you know, even today, um, Arzo Carson, he was the longest uh, running director of the TBI and he lit, he's from Scott County. And then just some of the cases that he worked on. So there's a lot of history in this place and there's so much pride in the area. And so our goal is to be able to highlight that, Mm -hmm. you know, highlight these judges, highlight these sheriffs, these detectives, these, Mm -hmm. you know, folks that were in the jail, even some of these inmates, you know, um, because a lot of them have some some crazy interesting stories. And uh, we're just really working hard to try to get that out. I mean, we even have an exhibit for the local newspaper Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, there's two newspapers from the town and um, we're working to try to, and they've been around for so long. So we're trying to highlight those folks, everyone that's made Scott County what it is when it comes to um, crime and uh, um, judgment and that sort of thing. So I think people, you know, when they come in, they're really surprised um, at just how much we have mm-hmm. and, you know, that we, and so much more that we're adding. Yeah. Um, so, so it's something we're very excited about and, we do wish more of the local community would come in. Mm -hmm. And that's also kind of part of what we're trying to do with this, this ghost walk Mm -hmm. that we mentioned at the beginning. It was essentially something that we weren't going to start until the spring, but we saw this really cool opportunity to be able to um, kind of combine it with Christmas and the beautiful Christmas light display that they have out there. And so just within this small square area of, of the mall, mm-hmm. which which is what it's called out there, um, we have enough to fill a two-hour walk mm-hmm. talking about all of this, you know, the coal miner history, the the uh, soldiers, you know, and then the flashlight tour of the jail. So um, so really, you know, there's there's a lot. This this as Christy has said before, it's like it may be a small town, but it it really packs a punch when it comes to history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just sounds like there's just so much in one tiny area so like you know if, if you if our listeners and and your um, viewers are you know coming down there make a whole weekend of it right oh, yeah. like spend your tourism yeah. money yeah. go to the jail <laughs> go to the mm-hmm. local restaurants you know shop local um, yep. you know and and maybe go down for the ghost walk i think it would be yeah. really really amazing yeah. if we could get down there joe i know i we gotta do it 
I was off for a few weeks and I still haven't gone anywhere. Yeah, let's just go. Well, and we're close to some some other great areas too. Mm -hmm. You know, the Big South Fork is right there. Um, The if you if you're into off roading, uh, Brimstone, which is one of the largest in the country, uh, off road parks Mm -hmm. and uh, riding. Rugby, which is a, a Victorian town, Brushy Mountain is about an hour away from us. So um, there's there's a whole lot in that in that area. I mean, we are a rural community, so it is one of those things where definitely plan ahead because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of hotels nearby. <laughs> but uh, but plan ahead, and you can really plan a really cool getaway either around the jail or including the jail in your getaway stop. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, it's just. And one thing that always made me think about is why do you think that the spirits stay at the jail? You know, except, you know, I mean, if someone was incarcerated there, it's per se not a happy time, but yet Mm -hmm. the spirits stay there. You know, for us, I think what we found that it's it's a variety of factors. Um, you know, I, I do think that the energy that the, the uh, sandstone holds, um, the energy that the water brings, because like I said, right behind us is the, is a river that runs through there. So I think it really just kind of makes um, almost like a, a, a perfect mix of, of spiritual activity that, that remains there. Um, and I think that there's some that just their story was kind of ended there, right? Jerome okay. Boyd, um, uh, R.D. Ellis, you know, his story kind of ended there. We have several other um, inmates that were lynched from there. Uh, we have several inmates who were killed by the state. They were hung by the state from the hanging tree. Oh. That was about a, a, a quarter of a mile from the jail. Um, so we have 14 of those. We have deputies that were killed in the line of duty. Um, we've got 15 of those um, throughout the, the history. They were killed in the line of duty and they were associated with it. So I just think it's a kind of a perfect mix. And, and I think you know, a lot of paranormal investigators talk about the fact that we're acknowledging them and we're talking to them. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of allows them an outlet to communicate with us. And I think that's really one of the reasons why that, that we do have a, a, a pretty good um, a paranormal punch uh, in that little jail. Yeah. And I think you both going in with a high amount of respect when you're in a prison situation that that's, you know, very... Um, I don't know the word that I went for it, but important to prisoners is the level of respect that they get either from the guards or the other prisoners. So you guys, you know, just not going in there and saying, do this and show yourself, you know, like you're, you're going in respectfully and, and and yeah. And and we really did, you know, Christy mentioned there in the very beginning, we really did take a lot of time out of the very beginning when we would be working in there to really introduce ourselves, explain what we were doing, explain what our intentions were. And I mean, really even not just actively investigating, but really sitting down and um, just sharing what our goals were with it. And, uh, you know, I I think that that actually went a long ways for um, in this process, Mm -hmm. because again, from the beginning, you know, um, I, I had experienced activity there, but whenever, you know, when we took on this venture, it was kind of, it was very scary in the sense of, you know, what if they don't want to react? What if they don't want to interact with people? And so um, we know they're there, we've Mm -hmm. experienced it, Mm -hmm. but we just didn't know. And so we wanted to make sure that it was one of those things. I mean, I think we at least spent about three weeks, Mm -hmm. um, just talking to them and Mm -hmm. just, just doing that. And then we started with the investigations and really explaining what we were doing. And it's almost to the point now, because again, on the flashlight tours, we don't actively investigate, but we will do a little session kind of in a way to sort of advertise the public ghost hunts. And so um, they've gotten to the point to where, you know, we've learned that they really like Christian music inside this one cell. And so, and some of that could come from Sheriff Ellis, you know, who was a Baptist preacher, or it could come from the fact that religion is something that is super important in this area. Mm -hmm. And so we play music for them a lot. We found some of the things that they like, and it's almost like when they see us, they know what we're going to do. And before we even have to really ask, they'll, you know, they'll start lighting K2s up, start uh, turning flashlights on. And then as soon as we start playing music, I mean, they're, 
they'll go to the beat. They'll, you know, on command, you know, you can ask them to light a K2 over here and then skip the K2 in the meter and light it up on the side. I mean, it's like they, they look forward to like, Oh my gosh, they're going to play some music. Yeah. For us. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Bring, in and, a, and, bring in a disco ball next time. Yeah, right. so, <laughs> there you go. Uh, and you know, the interesting thing, and, and to your point, Jen, you know, the, these were these were individuals. Obviously, they were inmates. They were there for a reason, and they committed a crime. Mm-hmm. But at no point have we ever felt anything malicious mm-hmm. or negative or threatening. Um, it, it's all been, in my mind, about communication. Um, yet we, now we, again, we did have one team that came in, they were very respectful, but they did have a, a criminal justice background, a corrections officer background. Um, so that's the team that came in and they were fortunate enough to capture the, um, uh, the picture falling off the wall. Uh, it's a great piece of evidence. It has several factors inside that piece of evidence. You've got a shadow figure, an orb and the, the picture flying off. Um, and they captured an EVP before that, but that wasn't in our minds, anything that was threatening. It was just like, you asked us to show you something mm-hmm. yeah. and here it, here it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that seems to be what we get across the board. Um, you know, there was one time when we had a team come in and they were actually using a portal in the, uh, the, the drunk tank area that Miranda was talking about and where our office is, where we sit, I was able to hear uh, the portal going off and the, the guy asking the questions. And then there was also another investigator in our um, museum room, which is across the hall. And so, I was hearing, uh, I was hearing um, um, the portal, and it was responding to actually things that I was doing. So oh. I had just finished eating a sandwich, and now the the investigators had no way of knowing this. Yeah. I had just finished eating a sandwich, and I had gotten up to throw the garbage away, and it happened to be a turkey sandwich, and I heard the portal say turkey. And so the investigator was like, "What? Why are you saying turkey? There's no turkey here." Um, and then at the same time. His, his uh, investigator on the other in the other room dropped his K2 meter and he said the, the investigator said, oh, no. And the <laughs> portal said, oh, yes. And so I was able to tell him, listen, I think there's a correlation going on here. You guys can't hear it, but I did. And I think that you may have something. So, again, extremely intelligent responses to what we're doing throughout the throughout the jail. Yeah. I mean, we've got we've got one section on our, our second story that talks more about um some of the um, legends and stuff, you know, yeah. about uh, Jesse James coming to the area, the story of the um, Helenwood devil and those sort of items up there. And one team, they, they were getting on their obelisk. They, they kept getting devil. They got huh. it about three times. And as they were sitting there, of course they had come down and, and some teams, you know, will talk to you while you're in, in the office. Others, you know, they go investigate and you don't hear mm-hmm. from them until the very end. But they had come in and they were talking about it and they said, you know, they said, we kept getting the word devil and we thought, okay, where is this going? And they really turned around and realized they were sitting under this giant 72 inch poster of the Helenwood devil that we have. (laughs) So it's it's interesting because they will we've had them where they'll say um, one is um, in one of the trustees rooms because because what we're doing is we're putting up articles that are about um, true crime in the area. And so we're lining the walls inside of the trustee cells with these. And so that uh, the team the night before had actually gotten um, a thing that was saying um, it said read press release, news. And so they realized at that point, um, you know, we need to read some of these articles. Mm-hmm. So they started reading this one article and they were getting words from the article before they were reading it. <laughs> wow. They were getting murder, rape, capital. And it just so happened that this actual murder happened uh, in this little area known as Capitol Hill, which is not far from the jail. And so, um, so they were getting all of this. Well, the very that very weekend... You know, because Christy and I, we will go in and about every night after we um, close up, we'll go up and investigate for, you know, might be 30 minutes, an hour or whatever. But we went up because we wanted to kind of check out that story. And so we started reading that story and the lady's name uh, was Rhonda Bird. And so um, Christy says, did you know Rhonda Bird? And as soon as she said that, we heard this and I captured it on because we were recording it while we did it, we captured a male's voice that said, I knew her. Oh. And it sounded like it was coming from outside on the stairwell. Yeah. So um, so we get a lot of that, you know, mm-hmm. based on those those articles. Yeah. Sounds like the stairwell is pretty active. 
It is. Yeah. It is. And that's one of the reports that the uh, that the former deputies and jailers were talking about, mm-hmm. that even when it was an operation, uh, they would hear su- uh, such loud commotion on the stairwells at night that they thought the inmates were trying to escape. So they would call an emergency headcount and, wow. you know, find that all of the inmates were where they were supposed to be. Um, so there were a lot of uh, deputies that have told us that they're creeped out by the stairwells. Um, we do have an elevator inside the jail, um, but it has not been in operation until 2000, since 2008. Mm -hmm. Um, But we had uh, uh, dispatchers come in and say, you know, we would hear that elevator move um, on its own. Yeah. um, When it was in operation, we had one come in and said uh, that she had gotten into the elevator one night by herself and she was going up to the second floor and a man coughed in her ear and she was (laughs) the only one in the elevator and she never rode the elevator again. So, uh, again, those those stories from when it was in operation are extremely fascinating to us. But to be able to Miranda's point, take those stories and and really couple them with the historical perspective to us is extremely fascinating because it's almost like a validation of yes, these, these things are here and they've happened and they're associated with these stories that we're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. And there's so many, you know, yeah. I think we could probably investigate for several hours every single night of the year and not even be able to cover mm-hmm. half of the stories that was going on during this uh, century existence of, of mm-hmm. the jail, you know, just because so many people were in and out. And even if somebody was in there multiple times, you know, their, their story may be different each time. So, um, so yeah, we're definitely, we're definitely really excited and thrilled by the stuff that the different investigators have been capturing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I think you're just scratching the surface right now. Oh yeah. Right? I think it's just going to get, gets greater later. So I think it's going to be amazing. And wait till we get down there. Who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Right? I, it's gonna be pretty awesome. might see a full body apparition. I just want to sit up on the third floor alone and listen. Yeah. Because yes. I we go on a lot of investigations and I never get to just sit somewhere and listen mm-hmm. without other people mm-hmm. in the building mm-hmm. and being a small building, you'd be able to hear the activity that goes sure. on all around you. We do. You can. Yeah, you yeah. hear stuff. We've had uh, one of the uh, constant claims from different investigators as kind of a cat and mouse approach is that um, you know, they different people have said, you know, that they've They'll be somewhere, they'll experience something, they'll go to kind of check it out and it's like it it either moves or they can tell something's kind of observing and watching them and doing something kind of on the outskirts of where they're at. We do get a lot of uh, stuff like that. You'll hear stuff down on the second floor, shadow figures. Mm -hmm. There has been a lot of uh, shadow figures up on the third floor as well as on the second floor. Um, You know, a lot of disembodied voices Mm -hmm. in this location. Um, you know, doors moving on their own, um, you know, just a, uh, just a wide variety of, yeah. of activity that, that different people have experienced. Very mm-hmm. active location. Very. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and special. I mean, it's one, it is, it's unique. I, I, I know I've mentioned this before, but it blew my mind when I actually saw the videos and the pictures of it, that it was so clean. well try you know when you when you're dealing with somebody like miranda um yeah nothing nothing type a stays there for more than 10 minutes well you know part of part of my thinking on that is we've 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 all investigated a lot of different locations Mm -hmm. and you know um you really want to keep that rustic feel and everything but when you you know sweeping cleaning goes a long ways in trying to cut down on some of that extra contamination mm-hmm. um you yeah. know as far as orbs. you don't see a lot of dust orbs, orbs. you don't see a lot of that. <laughs> exactly yeah exactly you, you don't see a lot of that and a lot of that i feel like comes from the fact that we do clean mm-hmm. and uh you know it's um it's a comfortable environment mm-hmm. we, we encourage people you know come check it out in the winter time because we are climate controlled oh, and nice. uh yeah, nice. we got yeah. we got heat there, and a lot of people do choose to turn it off because all three of them are on different um, cycles. Yeah, but warm it up, and uh, you can come and investigate. We got working restrooms, so outlets everywhere. Haunted, yeah, it's, it's, haunted it's, restrooms. Let me tell you, <laughs> I can't right. Yeah, tell you how yeah. many places Joe and I have gone to and investigated, and there's 
no heat <laughs> and it's the middle of winter there's no restrooms oh, yeah. you got to drive down to the carry out down the street you yeah. know and um so yeah that it doesn't have to be that so much it doesn't have to be filthy dirty to be hunted yes that's right. <laughs> well, it, that's right exactly and if you come from it from our standpoint where we're really trying to drive the historical narrative as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. You know, that that does go a long way when we have visitors who aren't into the paranormal. Right. But the interesting thing is, is when we have people come in and they're coming in to see the historical aspect mm-hmm. of it, almost to a person, everyone has come downstairs and said, okay, so just curious, is it haunted? And so <laughs> that starts the dialogue with, with the paranormal, right? Yeah. Um, so for us to be able to to show the, the history first and then move into the paranormal aspect of it and, and what we're capturing and what our paranormal teams are capturing, you know, that to us is really how we wanted this to work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we wanted the history to be the driving factor and then the paranormal, while to be honest, it's supporting us and keeping the lights on, um, you know, the, the, it's, it's driven, all of this is driven by the historical narrative first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and if, if we can, um, we can't really say a whole lot about it, but if we can kind of briefly talk about something really cool that we've got coming up. Yes. Absolutely. We have time for that? Oh, awesome. yeah, heck yeah. Of course. <laughs> okay, so, so we can't really say a whole lot because we're going to actually make a formal announcement about it probably here. You're um, teasing us now, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're thinking here probably toward the end of the week, but we actually have a really cool thing that we're about to embark on that uh, personally for myself, I haven't seen any other locations doing anything like this. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of different locations are research centers and do a lot of different things, but Mm -hmm. um, what we're about to do is uh, we're we're working with a former detective and um, we are actually taking ourselves out of the equation of this this project um, that we're doing. And so we're still trying to formulate the rules of it of, because we're, we're being really particular about the rules of it because we want to make sure that we take every little element out of it, of any type of contamination. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know I'm talking kind of (laughs) cryptically. That's okay. We love it. Tease them them all day long. Keep them coming back. It's something where, yeah, it's something where, we've never, to Miranda's point, we've never seen an experiment like this where there is absolutely no bias. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is, it's going to be, and and we're going to, like I said, uh, Miranda said, we're going to have rules on, on how this is going to work. Um, and paranormal investigators, if they want to participate, they're going to have to, you know, agree to abide by these rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, in our mind, it is actually the, the truest type of paranormal research that we can think of. Um, yeah. So it's going to be very exciting. Um, I think a lot of paranormal investigators will get behind it. And if, if the results really um, come to fruition as we think they may, it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're, it's, it's not something that we're going to really allow anybody on, you know, a daytime tour or whatever to come in. We're really looking for, we're looking for investigators that are interested in um, true paranormal research, not the jump out and scare you thrill seeking yeah. sort of thing. Right. So true researchers, mediums, psychics, that sort of thing. Um, because we believe if this ends up, if this works out how we think it's going to, mm-hmm. um, we could really get some really cool answers mm-hmm. to some of these stories that we're putting out there. So we're, we're real excited. And it's something that's going to go... Um, it's going to be for investigators next year. It's okay. going to start in January, yep. and cool. we're still determining the time frame, how long it's going to be. But um, we'll be making that announcement on Sunday, and yeah. we're really. I, I awesome. want to say so much. I know, me too. I <laughs> no, no, no. Sure no. Hold it in. Yes. Hold it in. Yeah, we're we're hoping to shoot for a Sunday announcement. Um, so we're going to get on a live and uh, and really talk about it. Okay. We'll be at the jail when we do this um, and really kind of talk about what what we're doing and how it's going to be structured. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and and I am so excited to get this started and really see where it goes. Right. Yeah. And on top because of that, because let me just say this: okay. Christy and I don't. I mean. We don't even know mm-hmm. the whole scope of this, okay. and, and we wanted okay. to make sure that that is um, that that's something that's important um, to to take that element just out. Just keep the bias out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. great. And on, on top of that, if anybody is just driving through the area, you have the museum, and the museum is going to change mm-hmm. all the time. There's different items mm-hmm. coming in, coming out. So, mm-hmm. and who knows? There might be some haunted items in there too. Oh. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and, and see, that's, that's, that's the thing, right? So we, we have, when we put it, when we first started this, we asked for different things. Um, uh, uh, Damien Christie from RKB Paranormal, um, you know, he donated a hat from his friend who was, who was killed in the line of duty. Hmm. So we have that. We've got shanks and shivs um, from, from um, our jail, from Brushy, from different um, uh, prisons in, in the state of Tennessee. We've got different artifacts that belong to law enforcement officers. Uh, we've got patches from different agencies oh, across cool. the country uh, we just got the things from the tbi today so yeah. it, it's changing all the time it's increasing all the time uh, and we're just super excited about this and, and then also you know our ghost walks we've started it for christmas um, as Miranda said, this is going to be a two-hour walk that really highlights the historical narrative of the town, of the county, of the jail. Um, and, and while we've got it Christmas-centered right now, it is something that we're going to continue through the uh, through the to, through the year. Um, so we're really excited about that. We've got so many things to offer. We just really want the community to get to get behind us and get involved with this. Yeah, we're going to be having um, in two weeks. We're going to be having the author that wrote the book High Winds. We'll actually be making that announcement and creating that event tomorrow. Um, he's going to be there doing a book signing. I mean, we're so excited because he's yeah. written this book about the events that are centered at the jail. And so he's going to be there um, signing books and, and sharing the, the real story about all of this. Um, so we're looking to have different events like that, have authors in, have um, people who work in law enforcement, uh, even some inmates who spent mm -hmm. time in here. We're looking at having different events where the community can come in and listen to these people talk. Yeah, yeah and, that'd be amazing. Uh, yeah, so so we're really trying to make it a whole experience. Like I said, if you're if you're not into the paranormal, we do have something that you're going to enjoy just with some of the different things that we're trying to do throughout the year. Yeah. But where can everybody go to find out more information? So our website is www.historicscottcojail.com. Um, we're also very active on Facebook under the Historic Scott County Jail. Yep. Um, you know, you can you can contact us on those. Um, our website is the best place to reach us. That has our hours of operation. It also has our phone number. Um, you, our gift shop items are on there as well. So Miranda's um, done an amazing job of really uh, putting together a, a very classy and professional looking website. Um, so, you know, go check that out, please. And, and really just kind of see what we have to offer. And then come on down to Tennessee and, and visit us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm coming, car, I am coming get down there. Get in your new cars and drive down to the today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm actually putting that link here in the uh, oh, okay. right. comment yes. just yeah. so. Yeah, Damn there we go. But, you know, we, we just can't thank you enough for, for supporting us, uh, Jen and, and uh, Joe, but everybody in the chat room as well. You know, we've got such great fans out there, such great yeah. supporters, um, you know, just just for the historic Scott County Jail, but also for Ghost Biker Exploration yeah. yep. and Soul Sisters Paranormal, because, you know, we, we are we still have those teams mm -hmm. they're they're separate teams but we come together for this and um so just a lot of enthusiasm for what we're doing and we just can't thank you enough for for everybody who's out there supporting us in this yeah, yeah yes. absolutely yeah it takes a village right oh it does <laughs> it, it really does it does but this it does yeah <laughs> all right well we want to thank you thank you thank you thank for coming you on so I, much enjoy it so much appreciate it and you're welcome back to the show anytime you have new and exciting announcements about the jail you come back and see us yes y'all come All back right, and see you. us now. everybody watch on sunday we'll be making an yeah. announcement on sunday as well so you guys have to check that out yeah go follow the uh, historic scott county jail facebook page because that's where we will be live at and uh probably be having some announcements soon here at the first of the year about uh our little podcast show we're gonna do there from the jail so awesome. um Amazing. so yeah check that out and uh, make sure you're one of the first to get booked for <laughs> our um Research project 2022. Yeah. Tell them 222 sent you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there you right. go. There you right. go. And we want to thank everybody for listening this week. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. This, I, it was I, an amazing I, show. I'm having a blast. I know. So good. <laughs> and we will see you in Tennessee, everybody. Yes. Take care. Have a great thank week. You and thank you so much. And let's leave with some dead and five. Goodbye, everyone. I know.
not dead in five. This is 60 second crush. 60 second crush. Out of these three. Woo! Rock and roll. <laughs>